Hey, I'm Rutledge. Hey, I'm Connor. And we're Friends Stream Sports. We're real friends who stream real sports in real time. And I, I, I'm sorry, I'm supposed to be doing the intro here. Connor, I can't even watch you cycle through Rams uniforms. I am not excited to play the Rams. Oh, go Rams, baby. We're, gonna, we're going throwback Circus St. Uh, Louis here tonight for a big time NFC West matchup Circa LA Rams. Uh, I'm ready for tonight. Rutledge, as uh, one great singer has once put it before, looks like we made it. We, are, yeah. we have made it to nearly the end of 2020. We've made it to a lot of things tonight. We've made it to end near end of the football season. We've made it to college football bowl season. We've made it to the start of the NBA season. We've made it to the near completion of the first calendar year of our show. We've made it in a lot of ways. We've made it with a viewer already. Thank you for coming out to watch. So we're going to boot this thing up because we have so much to unpack tonight. Tonight is a huge show. It's the celebration of Christmas time. Merry Christmas, Connor. Um, Merry Christmas to you, Rutledge. Yeah, we have holidays are coming up. I unfortunately will be out again next week, so we have something special planned. So this is our last full show uh, for the new for the for 2020, and we made it so far. So it's a good accomplishment. Uh, you know there are, yeah, this is this is a big time accomplishment, and I think that there's no better way to do this and celebrate this accomplishment than by me playing the Rams against the 12th man and the Seattle Seahawks. So uh, let's let's get ready. Let's get after it here tonight. It's a really big game this week. You know, um, we'll break down the playoffs later, but I am very, very hyped about the game this week of the Rams playing the Seahawks. I do have a fellow Seahawks fan I work with. He told me that. All three of Pete Carroll's NFC West titles have all come with beating the Rams at the end of the season. So we're shooting for four up in the land of the Twelves. And I hope Russ and crew and old Bobby Wagner and, uh, and Tyler Lockett, and everyone's ready to get all geared up. Before we do that, though, there could be something else kind of coming to Seattle because uh, Adam Silver kind of made some hints and some stuff this week. What a... Um, what did you hear about Adam Silver this week, Connor? So, Rutledge, Adam Silver made a very interesting comment this past week, and that is that he is – they are dusting off some chats about uh, expansion. In, in the NBA season, right, Adam Silver did an interview on ESPN, uh, talked about really, I mean, you know, being being very upfront and open about some of the uh, some of the financial implications of certain things – and he, he said, you know, one of the things, it's not on the front burner, but we are uh, sort of dusting off some of our conversations that we've had in the past about dear old expansion, which the NBA hasn't expanded in quite a long time. So there's uh, some really interesting conversations to be had there for sure. When I watched on SportsCenter this morning, there is a, obviously a large West Coast presence there in the ESPN studios. So uh, there was... A few folks that were interested in seeing if Seattle could, you know, maybe be a part of that one day. So, Rutledge, uh, you know, what, what's what say you? What what what's your thoughts about uh, about potential expansion? Oh man, I think it's really cool that they could expand some NBA teams. Of course, the last team was taking the Sonics out of Seattle and moving them to OKC, which that franchise I'm actually really happy that they took into that so much. But I would love to see my Vancouver Grizzlies come back. Um, 
out of the two Canadian teams, the Grizzlies and the Raptors, the Grizzlies didn't do as well in the 90s, but love to see that happen. Of course, we would all love to see the Sonics return, which could be so cool to have this um, the Seattle Supersonics to some uh, come back, because then you'd have all four major sports teams in, uh, well, five counting soccer, in the city of Seattle. And Seattle's a very loyal sports town, so I'm big on those. Um, Connor, what about you? Where do you want to see an expansion team happen from the NBA? You know, well, I think that Seattle would be a really great place to, uh, to you know, potentially come back, right? I don't know if you'd want to have, have it be the Supersonics again, maybe the Seattle Dark Roasts to celebrate uh, some big, in, big time industry in, in the area. This you know, me, another Rutledge saying out of Dark Roast, one of the greatest coffees to come out of Seattle is Starbucks coffee. This is Rutledge for sponsor me for Starbucks. That'd be great. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, yes, yes. So you know, Vancouver. What do you, you know? Vancouver could be good. Just that big Pacific Northwest vibe could be a lot of fun. Um, you know, a few other places that you know I think could be very interesting. At least conversations to have would be play. You know, one place like Las Vegas. You already have Summer League there. Uh, there's already a ton of sports anyways moving there. You've got a lot of big-time celebrities and star status folks that are going to be there anyway. So it would be a really fun ticket just to go there to be in the stands and watch. You know, I think uh, that could be a really interesting, fun place. Another place near and dear to my heart would be Kansas City. Uh, a few thoughts. The closest team geographically to Kansas City is Oklahoma City, the Thunder, and the closest team culturally to Kansas City is probably Indianapolis, and that's not very close in either regard. Take that, a huge basketball city, uh, 45 minutes away from Lawrence where the Jayhawks play, so, you know, Las Vegas and Kansas City are very into, are very, uh, could be very potentially good places to play further seasons not this season, though. This season does start tonight, so that is something we're really excited about. That is something really excited about, for sure. For all of our Twitch Live viewers out there, I just paused the game uh, because right now we're playing Seahawks-Rams, and I really didn't agree with it. That was a fourth That was a fourth down. I'm pretty sure Russ got the pylon there, and I couldn't challenge that play. So thanks, Madden. You... You really helped out your boy. But here's Rutledge kicking a field goal. Hold your breath as we kick the start of the score for this evening. It is now 3-0 Seattle against Los Angeles live on Twitch, 8 p.m. Friends Stream Sports. You can see this on YouTube starting tomorrow. Um, okay, but starting tonight, Connor, NBA season. So I have some odds for the title this week. These are preseason odds for the title. And the number one favorite going into the title is uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. We spent time looking at their roster, and they still have a lot of pieces from last season, but they have an 11-4 to 4 shot, um, which if you calculate that out statistically is pretty good odds. The next two favorites are the Milwaukee Bucks and uh, the Brooklyn Nets with a 5-1 to 1 chance, and then the third is the Los Angeles Clippers with a 6-1 to 1 chance. There are other teams to be included that have closer odds, and there's a large group of them, but um, the big ones that stand out name-wise are Heat, Mavericks, and the Sixers. So, Connor, given all those teams, who, after watching last season in the bubble, who are you kind of staring at as your preseason uh, NBA favorite? You know, I think it, it, just as 
before the NBA or the NFL season, I said I I can't I cannot pick against I cannot pick against Tom Brady until he gives me the reason to pick against him. First drop of the night, one of many future drops of the rest of the evening. But I think in a lot of ways you can't pick against LeBron until he gives you the reason to pick against him, right? And it's not just LeBron. You got Anthony Davis, you got Marcus All, uh, you have. Uh, you know, you're running the coach back there with Frank Vogel. So you've got a lot of very important pieces coming back to, uh, and Jared Goff is Big. doing a good job escaping until he got sacked. Big sack a for a third and 21 for the Rams. We've got a third and Walla Walla. Uh, so I've been past yeah. Walla Walla. <laughs> um, you know, I think, but I think uh, out of the East, Right, I think it's very interesting, and it, you know, you've got the Brooklyn and Milwaukee situation uh, to follow all year long because I think I think Brooklyn is going to be very interesting to watch, uh, not just in terms of the player impact on the court, but also just their personalities meshing. Is uh, KD and Kyrie are two very different cats. So those are those are a few thoughts that I have about about the NBA. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe a little thoughts on the Clippers there, but I'll, I'll leave that to you. Um, I really think, of course, the, the interesting point with the Clippers is the question mark is everything is, what are the Clippers going to be like now that Doc Rivers is gone? And Doc Rivers is already starting to cause a little bit of controversy and blow up some smoke in um, while he's in Philadelphia. So is Doc Rivers leaving the Clippers make them better or worse? We said earlier this big thing this year is who owns a staple center because now that battle is even bigger. Um, I'm really watching the Milwaukee Bucks this year. It seems that the Milwaukee front office got a better understanding in the bubble of who Giannis is as a player and does he meet his brother when they go to the finals and his brother's on the Lakers. If I have a preseason favorite, I too am going with... Um, the Los Angeles Lakers. It's They made a title run, and they shed two very well-talented names, even as bench players in um, Rajon Rondo and in Dwight Howard, and they went, and they still are number one favorites. So, shout-out well, to got Well, they got rid of Howard, but they did pick up Marc Gasol, which is no small, Marc no small Gasol in ball. And that's what, and that's what kind of makes the Lakers the Lakers. Kind of reminds me this Christmas with them playing of when the Lakers used to play on Christmas when I was a kid and Kobe was really in his prime. It's just what you get excited about. So um, be a good basketball season. As we get into our second quarter, we're going to wrap up and we're going to talk about Christmas Day basketball. Todd Gurley with a huge run inside the five for Connor. So Christmas Day, I have two notable games I want to say that if you're going to watch something, um, you need to watch Miami play uh, New Orleans. Heat Pelicans, the Heat really show that they have kind of a team system going on. They have a lot of pieces in place. They didn't lose too many crazy things over the offseason. And then Zion Williams kind of emerged as a superstar last year. So that's a good I believe it's a noon tip off for Christmas. Let you get in there. Let you watch that game. Drop that. Oh, almost picked by Clowney in the end zone. Let you watch that game. Let you enjoy that basketball. I also think uh, the other interesting game is going to be Bucks Warriors. Knowing that the last three wins the Bucks have won two. But Bucks Warriors should be big because they loaded up in the draft a little bit, did a lot of off-season moves. Uh, Steph Curry's healthier. They didn't have a good jo- good season last year, so how did they reload? So that's what I'm watching on Christmas. Uh, touchdown, Todd Gurley. Connor takes the lead. 
That's a great segue into Connor. What are you going to watch on Christmas Day? I think the number one game out of the big slate of games, as always, uh, for those of you who know my take, I think it's awesome that the NBA has owned that day of Christmas. I think the most interesting game is going to be Nets Celtics because, as I mentioned before, I think the bigger question marks are going to be all the impacts and things happening in the Eastern Conference. So, uh, you know, is Kyrie going to continue his court cleansings, uh, especially in the regular season now that he's already cleansed the TD Garden? Is, you know, is, uh, you know, what's, what's going to happen with Jason Tatum? Is his stardom going to really go to the next level? So I think that it's a big, interesting uh, conversation. My apologies Connor, that we have a lot going our house is not on fire, although our alarm just went off, though. There so, is someone in the house. Do there is somebody assistance? in the house. Do you need but me that, out there? But that is those are those are my those are my thoughts as we wrap up our first quarter topic and head into the second quarter. Well, I uh, those are good thoughts. I think you're right. We'll see. What are those two storylines? I think the interesting other thing with Boston is did Brad Stevens do too many moves this off season, and is it going to catch up to him? But now as we go with that, not only have we made it to NBA Christmas Day, we are on the back end of the playoffs. And we want to go through both sides of the co of the NFL and talk about some interesting playoff stories. So one of those in a game that's coming this weekend is talking about, well, I can't believe they fell apart like they did, but the Pittsburgh Steelers are locked in. Huge tackle. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers are locked in to the Indianapolis Colts in a big game, and there's a lot on the line. What do you think about Pittsburgh this weekend, Connor? You know, 15 days ago we were talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers as a potential number one team, and uh, now they've lost three in a row, and they are in a position where they could not just lose the number one seed in undefeated regular season, but not win their division and have to start going on the road to the playoffs. Uh, and also, on the other side, the Colts really need this win so they can continue to put pressure on the Titans, right? They have the same record as the Titans, and I think that it is uh, – got DK Metcalf with the big grab there. So, you know, it, you've got a Steelers team that's really reeling right now and having some issues in the way that they are uh, just kind of handling life. Uh, you know, Big Ben is, uh, you know, Big Ben's only got so many more throws left in him. James Conner has been out. You know, you've, they don't have all of, they don't have all the pieces that we might have thought that they had with the patented Rutledge screen. So, it worked this uh, time. It worked speaking this of, time. Speaking of screens in the run games, I don't know if you have any thoughts on Colts for Steelers, but there is, there is a running team in our next AFC playoff conversation. Oh, the, the next AFC playoff team, which is more AFC-NFC men playoff team, is the Tennessee Titans are playing the Green Bay Packers. And when you go to NFL.com and you click the stats and you look at who is doing good, it's just Derrick Henry owns every rushing stat the league has to offer. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that matches up because uh, the while they have a struggling with the pass, uh, Green Bay can't really defend the pass, so... This is more, to me, this game talks about, maybe it'll show us how real Tennessee is, but it'll show us how real Green Bay is. Um, you know, the North, we did a show previously on the NFC North, and they're doing okay, but Green Bay sort of is separate of the way. Um, I want to see how does this go, and then how do they look. 
And as we approach the two-minute warning, as we quickly go through the AFC, someone else I want to see how they look is the Cleveland Browns. We're talking about the Cleveland Browns, 10-win team, and they play the Jets this weekend. How does that make you feel to say 10 wins for Cleveland, Connor? You know, good for Cleveland. I do think, especially as you know, as Pittsburgh is having you know some a lot of uh, away, a lot of issues and a lot of things that they're having to work through. I think that it's going to be important uh, for the Browns to win this game. And obviously, it's important to win this game. But here's why, though: if you're going to be a good team, you have to win the games that you're supposed to win. I know that sounds very. I know that sounds very. You know, well, of course, but it's easy for a bad team to get up for one game, right? But to go week in, week out, I think, you know, now the Browns are in a position that this franchise hasn't been in in a long time, and that's how are they going to do in the trap game? So, um, you know, I think I think we're going to learn a lot about the Browns, uh, especially now that they have the potential to give them the driver's seat for the division. They really do, and it's, you know, it's, it's they dog after it, they're working after it, and... I think the city of Cleveland deserves to have a team that makes some moves, so we'll see how they do against the Jets, but they could fall apart and just be Cleveland. As we move on to the NFC, this gives us tonight's game, which is why we're picking it here. The Jets did cause a trap game for the LA Rams, which now makes it that the Seattle Seahawks and the Rams are playing for the NFC West. Um, also, the San Francisco 49ers are eliminated for the playoffs, so Connor's preseason prediction of saying that the NFC West is going to have three teams. This is still coming true. I can't really give my opinion on this game because I am a 12 through and through. So, Connor, I'm going to have to ask for a, some objective help of how this matchup looks on paper. You know, I think that uh, it's very – I think that the Rams are definitely look, going to look to bounce back from giving the Jets their first one of the season for sure. I uh, heard from a source today – you know, just talking about Russell Wilson and his film preparation. He is getting ready, getting psyched for for this game. I think it's going to be a real clash of, uh, you know, clash of two really big time teams. And unfortunately, this is a situation where one team's got to lose. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, we, you know, I think that the Rams are going to uh, have a very. I think that the Rams are going to uh, come out firing on all cylinders, and I do think that. You know, uh, unfortunately, Russ can only plug so many holes, but that's why they play the games for us to see how this happens. So uh, that's how I feel about the Rams and the Seahawks. But think, uh, speaking of holes and plugging holes, the uh, the Washington football team has been definitely plugging some holes this year uh, as when it comes to the NFC East. Oh, I can't. Uh, it's, when we originally talked about the NFC, we could pass the Cooper Cup. Um, Connor gets a key first down here in a minute 15 in the second quarter. Seahawks 10, Rams 7. When we were originally talking about the NFC least, I did not predict that Washington was going to start making a run. But now they have Dwayne Haskins. Um, might be able to close the door for them as they get ready to play the Carolina Panthers, who have been eliminated from the playoff. But I'm just excited now of the fact that when I looked at NFL.com, they have Panthers and the football team. So this could be where the football team makes the playoff appearance. Um, you didn't even know if they would have a name. Now, great sack by K.J. Wright. Now you don't know where they're going to do. So they could win the division and lock that thing down. I think that's wild. No doubt, no doubt. Um, I think that, 
<laughs> you know, it, it's interesting. There was some definite uh, controversy today regarding Dwayne Haskins. Or not Dwayne Haskins, um, you know, the quarterback there for Washington. Yeah, it's Dwayne and, Haskins, uh, right? Yes, it, it is Dwayne Haskins. And he, I think uh, that it is. He did some bad things. That huge. he did. Just like a just like a huge interception, a huge bad thing for First half, Jared Goff. Uh, but it's, you know, definitely uh, one team from the NFC East is going to host a home playoff game. And it could very well be Washington. And who would have thought that? There's no shame in a losing team hosting a home playoff game. Seattle's greatest beastquake run happened when they were 7-9 and nine and hosted the defending Super Bowl New Orleans Saints. So magic can happen um, when you least expect it. Something that you should expect, or I'm surprised were going to happen and we all thought was going to happen, is Tampa Bay has a huge possibility to limp their way into the playoffs. Uh, they have Lions and Falcons, but I don't... Connor, I don't feel like this is sort of fair. I feel like they're getting kind of lucky here. What's your take on Tampa Bay? You know, the same way as the Browns need to win the games that they're supposed to win, I think that it's very critical for Tampa Bay. They are better than the Falcons and the Lions. They have Tom Brady. They have Antonio Brown. They have a lot of good players. And this is going to really show us about the resolve of Tampa Bay as they go into the playoffs. Tom Brady's been there before. Tom Brady is leading a team where he needs to be able to uh, do what he needs to do and take care of some serious business. So, uh, you know, I think Tampa Bay is in a good position, but just like a lot of these NFL games that we've talked about, there might not be, there's some that have a lot of importance, but I think there's a lot of NFL games this weekend that are just going to tell us how we, how we should feel about teams heading into the playoffs. And I think that that is just as noteworthy and can be just as interesting. I think that Tom Brady should feel a certain way when him and Cleveland are compared in the same category. As we kick, we pause, we say hello to our friend Stephen Kicklider who just joined the show. Thank you for coming out again. Uh, we appreciate you. Stephen says hello and Merry Christmas from Jacksonville, Florida, which is a little south of where he's from. But uh, as, we, as we get there, we he's in Duval. Duval? As we get there, we now go into our halftime hot take. So this week, as we looked at the playoff teams and all the ones, if the playoffs would start to today, our halftime hot take is, which NFL playoff team does not deserve to be in the playoffs? So if you could go and personally remove one team, who do you think it would be? Connor, start us off. You know, you, you play the games that are in front of you. But the Dolphins have had an incredibly soft last six weeks with just two playoff teams in the past six games. Uh, and, and, you know, this week they're playing a bad Raider team. I think that uh, if you're looking at teams and thinking about teams in terms of, quote, fool's gold, I think the Dolphins are the team that if I had the chance to say, hey, too bad, you know, good for you, congratulations, but too bad, so sad, they're out. Okay. I, uh... I see that, and I raise you one more, and I am going to go with, but I think it's a great take. I am going to say the Arizona Cardinals. When you go back and you look at the Arizona Cardinals, Cardinals body of work, which is a very college football term, the Arizona Cardinals are, uh, they just got lucky by beating all bad teams, and they never really showed that they could beat any type of good teams. They even got trounced by the Lions, and they gave Tua Tugavailoa his first win, which is why everyone thinks they that the Dolphins deserve to be in the playoffs. 
I think the Arizona Cardinals got lucky by the scheduling gods and should say thank you, but without a famous catch against the Buffalo Bills and that's some Tua Tugavailoa screen time and maybe some ESPN support, I don't think you deserve to be in the playoffs. So Arizona, I'm voting you out. That's hot. On this on this nice, cool evening, that's a hot take. That is. We are trying to get hotter with our halftime hot takes as we go through. Like we said, you can check us out. Thank you for coming out live tonight, 8 p.m. on Twitch. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. If you miss us, you can check us out on uh, our YouTube channel, Friendstream Sports, also wherever your podcasts are. We just posted some new podcast content today that you need to go out and see. So... Um, as we go in, if you're, uh, that's the end of our halftime hot take of who we would vote out. We're going to go into our third quarter, and our third quarter is, our second half is going to be one of the greatest times of year, and it's bowling season in college football. So break it down for not, our viewers. Not bowling like you're in the lane, not like Big Lebowski bowling. Let's, let's make sure our viewers understand that. But I have seen where some teams, when they go on their bowl retreats, if they go to a really tiny town... Uh, they will go like literal bowling. That'll be the, the team activity. If they're in Orlando, they take them to the parks. But if they're not, they go they go literal bowling. So as we go through our bowl season, Connor, tell our viewers what they're doing and what to expect. As we go through the bowl season, this is going to be one of the this is going to be a pretty crazy uh, crazy half here, and I can't believe we're spending time. Not going through this. Rutledge and I are going to spend the rest of this half going through each bowl game, picking our winners, giving us a little take. So get your pencils ready. If you want takes, and if you want takes, and if you want picks, to be sure to laugh at, uh, I think we should be ready to roll. Exactly. We are we are ready to ready to roll, and we're ready to start. And we're going to even give our picks on games that have happened. Um, based off the timeline. So first of all is I'm going to say my pick, Connor says his pick. One of us will give a little ditty of some opinions, and we're going to start with the Myrtle Beach Bowl, which is App State versus North Texas. Uh, Connor, I take App State. Who do you take? Going App State. Sunbelt has a pretty good bowl record, and I think, and I that one, that one, that bowl record is going to continue. All right, next game is the famous Idaho Potatoes Bowl, and in that I took Tulane, but I believe Tulane lost today. Who did you take? I, too, took Tulane. The Green Wave did, had covered six of the last seven games, more five and one against the spread as a double-digit favorite. One of the interesting things that happened uh, was in, instead of a Gatorade shower for the head coach of Nevada, they had a a Gatorade cooler filled of French fries. So it was a French fry bath that was put on the coach of Nevada as they won their game today. I feel like that's so, how you get permanent scarring and end up to be a Batman, Batman supervillain. Just potato uh, man. You know, just, yeah, you're potato man. That that would be that'd be a pretty scary villain, that's for sure. Be a pretty scary villain. By the way, shout out to our viewer, Luke, who started following us last week and is here for his first live show. We're breaking down all the bowls, Luke, so play along. Um, next is the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl here in the state of Florida. I took UCF because UCF, um, going into this game, usually is known to score fast, put up some points. While they didn't dominate like they had in years past this year, they're still a contender. Um, what do you have for this game, Connor? You know, b both teams with big-time offenses. Unfortunately, 
BYU has taken control of this game pretty early on. I did select UCF, though. Uh, I think just being closer to home was a big advantage. Uh, and fans being closer to home. But uh, I think that you and I are going to lose that one if the score currently holds. So, Steven, with always Steven the Solid with his stats gives me. Hold on, I had to read a screen and get this. Ah, yes, good, good block there by the Seahawks. Connor is a three and four and out. Um, current update: BYU is 28 to seven over UCF. Three minutes and 46 seconds left in the second. Thank you, Steven, for that. We appreciate it. Okay, next bowl game as we're cruising here. We have 28 bowl games to break down. We're going to Montgomery, Alabama for the Montgomery Bowl. Connor, who did you take in the Montgomery Bowl? First off, Jim and Nick's in Montgomery, bomb.com barbecue joint. So if you're in Montgomery, be sure to go. Montgomery Bowl, Memphis versus FAU. I picked Memphis. These guys can play. They got a lot of good players. They're going to have some players on Sunday. And I think that Memphis is going to uh, uh, not just win, but win and cover over over FAU. I went with a bold upset here and I took FAU over Memphis um, I did some looking and FAU has got an uphill battle to take but if they keep the score down if they play the defense side of the ball really well I think they can hold Memphis excuse me I think they can hold Memphis back and they can have a low scoring game and take the win there you go next next game we've got the Camellia Bowl uh, Marshall versus Buffalo alright who did you take you know, I, I think it's a quick turnaround for both teams who just got done with their conference championship games. Uh, I, man, Buffalo, as a former offensive lineman, the fact that Buffalo the other week had scored just all the touchdowns by running the football, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Buffaloes. So go Buffalo. I am a sucker for Marshall because I love the movie We Are Marshall. So I am taking the thundering herd. Um, I think this will be a really great game as long as Marshall can stop down the run and hold down the score. Our next bowl is the New Mexico Bowl with uh, the Hawaii Warriors versus... Oh, Relich, there was a pick in traffic. The Hawaii Warriors are playing uh, Houston. They're playing the Houston Cougars. Um, I took Houston in this because Clayton Toon, the quarterback of Houston, is he can keep his interceptions down, they're gonna just blow up Hawaii and light them up. They're gonna, they're gonna give them a low and a ha. What do you have? You know, uh, both both teams are always very exciting. Hawaii is very usually a very exciting offense. Uh, so is Houston. I think just Houston has had uh, Houston's had more tests and they have shown to be a better team. I'm I'm going Houston. Cool. Um, we yes, big tackle by Clowney. Uh, our viewers Luke and Steven both go Houston as well. All right, next game we have, as we're in two minutes and thirty seconds, we have this game was canceled. Uh, the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl, which is supposed to be UAB in South Carolina. South Carolina's two and eight with a new coach and walked away. So we go to the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl which is the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns versus the University of Texas San Antonio. I am taking the Ragin' Cajuns. They were 9-1 and one this year. They have a good offense. They have a strong defense. They were going to go to the Sun Belt Championship game and I think give a good matchup against Coastal Carolina. Fumble recovery by Rutledge. I think they had a good 
matchup for Coastal Carolina coming, but that game got canceled. So I'm taking Louisiana. You know, I think that the safeties of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns are going to rage, coached by none other than coach extraordinaire Keith Fairfield. So I'm going ULL. Go Cajuns. Boom. Take us to our next game, Connor. Next up, we've got the Lending Tree Bowl, which uh, the Lending Tree Bowl has Western Kentucky, the old Hilltoppers, versus Georgia State. Okay. Um, I'm going to go out there and say that I'm taking the Hilltoppers, and they have to go uphill. They have got, uh, statistically, they are not looking good for this one. It's going to be tough, but... As my second homer topic sports amateur sports person, I just can't take Georgia State. Nothing in me is going to let me pick Georgia State. So I am going uh, some Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. So let's go some WKU in that one. You know, uh, both teams in this one have won three of their last four games. And uh, this, you know, I think this is going to be a really tight game. But, you know, I, I like Georgia State. I think that uh, I think Georgia State's going to win this one. Shout out to Luke for taking Western Kentucky, but Steven, a former Georgia Southern alumni, he picked Georgia State. So you're on Santa's naughty list, Steven. You're second time canceled out of the Army-Navy trip we're going, and we're drinking your Bud Light. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, next up, we've got the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl here in Orlando, Florida, with the Liberty Flames versus Coastal Carolina, one of the bigger games here of the season. Um, I'm taking Coastal Carolina. I, they have a good balanced attack. They've been dominant all season. They're undefeated for a reason. I think Hugh Fieser realized that his time at Liberty is not as great as he thought it was, so I'm taking Coastal. I'm going Liberty. I think that Hugh Freeze is going to be the difference here and uh, being able to uh, really make a rookie freshman quarterback struggle. So, uh Go Liberty as we end to the third quarter and we get into the fourth quarter. We're about halfway through our bowl game, so this is a marathon, definitely not a sprint. Um, our next bowl game, number 12 of 28, is the, uh, by the way, score updated is 17-10 Seahawks. Our next bowl game is the Cheez-It Bowl, which is here in Orlando, which I feel like that's the first time that it's here in Orlando. We have the Oklahoma State Cowboys versus... Uh, the Hurricanes of Miami. Connor, who you got? I think that Miami is going to be out to prove that their blowout to UNC was a fluke. Turnover chain all day. Oh, big sack. Um, I also am taking Miami in that for the same reason. I think they can't, they can't take a loss again like that. They're going to have to make some picks and make them often in order to slow down those Big 12 flying offenses. Next. Yep. Next up, Valero Alamo Bowl, Texas versus Colorado. I'm taking Colorado in this with the upset. Tom Herman's sitting on the hot seat at Texas, and that program deserves, I think they believe they deserve better. So, definitely. Oh, Relig's second pick. Um, I thought Jacob Hollister was better in this game. But I'm taking Colorado with the upset. I think Tom Herman drops what could feel like an easy one to his fan base. is given an old Big 12 matchup, and uh, Texas is in trouble. Big Sam Ellinger's last game. Pains me to say it because I'm not the world's largest Longhorn fan. I wear only size large shirts. I'm not the largest Longhorn fan. Uh, but Texas will win this game. 
Next up, Wake Forest, Wisconsin. In the Duke's Mayo Bowl, I'm going Badgers all day. Uh, strong defense, hold down a score. When Wake Forest gets beat, they get beat bad. Yep, uh, I too am going Wisconsin. I think that they're going to, uh, although I wish I could definitely not pick Wisconsin, I think that they are going to be a, uh, uh, I think that they're going to beat Wake Forest here, which leads us to our next game, Trans Perfect Music City Bowl. Uh, Iowa versus Mizzou. Uh, I'm going Iowa. Iowa's going to uh, run away all over Mizzou, and they're going to take away, they're going to take away the run game from Missouri and make Missouri be one-dimensional. Even though Missouri plays in the SEC, I think Iowa's going to help rebound the negative criticism that the Big Ten has. I know our viewer Luke, who's a big Big Ten supporter, is happy, probably happy to hear me pick a Big Ten school over an SEC school for once. Uh, I think that a Tiger would beat a Hawkeye in a back alley street fight, so I'm picking Mizzou. Okay, our next game is the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, and we're going to slow down to take some time in this to talk to break down this one. This is Florida versus Oklahoma. You know, I think that Oklahoma finished really strong, but Florida should feel really good about giving Alabama just about everything that Alabama wanted. So I, I'm going to pick the Gators. I think that they're going to uh, really start strong and play well. I'm also going to go with the Gators. Um, Oklahoma had a close game again. That was chop block on two players on my line. This touchdown is going to be because of garbage. Touchdown by Connor here in three in the fourth quarter. But Todd Gurley pulls a Bo Jackson and runs down the tunnel. Um, what was I talking about? Florida. Florida Florida's, versus Oklahoma. Florida's going to come in, be ready to go, be firing on everything. Oklahoma doesn't, I think, have the defense to slow down Kyle Trask. They're not going to get in his face. It's not their style of ball. I think Dan Mullen is just taking it to the next step, and this will really boost him to be a major contender for next year. Someone else who needs to take a step into next year is Mike Leach as his Mississippi State Bulldogs plays Tulsa. So um, I have Mississippi State in this one. They lost some close SEC games. Tulsa is not that great against the pass. So I think that this is where we're going to understand and finally get Leach's brand of football, and he's going to make it work. Um, while it's not against an SEC, so he's not beating Bama or LSU or even um, playing in the Egg Bowl again, I think it's his time to kind of play around a little bit with lesser opponents. On the slant there, I think Tulsa, although they might struggle defensively against the pass, they can put up some points, and they got some players. I'm going Tulsa Hurricanes. Tulsa Golden Hurricanes. Hurricanes. Go Tulsa Golden Hurricanes. All right, next game as we speed back up here is Ball State versus San Jose State in the Arizona Bowl. I have San Jose State because I really think they'll slow down Ball State, plus I don't think Ball State's going to be able to travel that well with how far away this is for them. Yep, uh, I'm going San Jose State. Uh, they got a chance for a perfect season. San Jose State was 6-1 and one against the spread this season, and I expect that to continue. All right, hold on. And then next down. up, next up, we've got the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, West Virginia versus not Tennessee, but Army. I'm picking Army in this one. I, I When we had a pre-show meeting, I looked at Connor and I said, can a Big 12 team stop? 
the triple option, and Jeff Munkin used to actually coach at Georgia Southern. So I don't even know if they have it against him. So I'm taking Army. Uh, you know, the thing about West Virginia is they've always had a pretty funky defense as well that, you know, Navy's offense is going to have to – uh, Navy's offense is going to have to account for. I'm, I'm picking West Virginia. I think that they're going to overcome the funky offense. Boom. By the way, thank you to Luke and Steven for playing along with all of our comments. We see you supporting. Is it Connor and I are going to track these games at the end of everything and publish our results uh, on our next show. Connor will break that down. Okay. Our next game is the Mercari Texas Bowl, which is Arkansas State versus TCU. Who do you have, Connor? I'm going TCU. Arkansas has played in tight games, but as some folks note, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Picking, picking the Horn Frogs. I'm also picking the Horn Frogs. Arkansas obviously got blown apart by Alabama, which Alabama is Alabama, but uh, there's you get beat that bad, you don't recover from that that quickly. No, no doubt here, and you don't recover from. Maybe not scoring here, depending on how this goes here. But next up, we got the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, Georgia versus Cincinnati. Tale of two teams in two seasons. Georgia really needs to win this one, so I'm going with the Bulldogs. Um, this will be, as we have said, I think Kirby Smart is approaching the hot seat, and this is going to be what differentiates him. But in Georgia's history, they're very well known to go have a mediocre season and then win bowl games like this one against a big opponent which makes everyone next year feel like they're a bigger deal yeah this is a game that georgia this is a game that georgia's gonna uh play really well uh cincinnati's a really good story you know it could be close but i, I see the bulldogs winning this one all right next we have the vrbo citrus bowl which is auburn versus northwestern you know i am going to pick northwestern I think that Auburn's program is in disarray, and that is a real issue. So I'm picking Northwestern. I'm also – no, sack on Russell Wilson on a fourth down for Rutledge going for the touchdown. 52 seconds left. Connor is winning. Um, I am going for – I'm also going to take Northwestern. I think Auburn's too much of a mess with their coaching change. They actually just did hire their new coach today. His name is – I can't remember his name. If you can, if you guys have his name, please throw it down in the chat. We would love. He's to the see Boise him. State head coach. That's yes. that's a very new development. Breaking news. Breaking news. I do know it's who it is. He was the Boise State head coach, but Boise State is not the Boise State we're used to from the early 2000s. Um, still won a lot of games, though. Still won a lot of games. He did really well. So we'll see how he pans out next year. Uh, next year, next game, we have the Rose Bowl presented by uh, Jerry Jones in Texas this year. And in the Rose Bowl, we have our first college football playoff game of Notre Dame versus Alabama. Roll, tide, roll. Brian Kelly, why did you ask for this for yourself? Yeah, Alabama, next. <laughs> no, no further discussion. Uh, next, we have the Sugar Bowl, which is going to be played in New Orleans of Ohio State versus Clemson. I am going with Clemson, with Davo Sini. We're going to see Trevor Lawrence right off into the sunset and uh if if urban meyer got shut down by clemson how come i bet you ryan day can too you know uh ohio state had the the, the best offense that ohio state played before they played 
uh, Clemson was Indiana, and they gave up 35 points. And Clemson's offense is a whole heck of a lot better than Indiana. All that to say, Ohio State, your sham of a season will end mercifully at the hands of the Clemson Tigers. Absolutely. But we're not done, ladies and gentlemen. We still have more bowl games to go. The Tax Slayer Gator Bowl of North Carolina State and Kentucky. Connor, who's your take? Uh, I am picking North Carolina. I think that they've got a lot of good, talented skill players and uh, picking the Tar Heels. I'm going with Kentucky. They had a tougher schedule, and they did beat better teams than what North Carolina State did. So Kentucky slowly still trying to be a football school. No doubt. My apologies. I'm still picking North Carolina State. And, uh, yeah, let's let's move on to the next one, the Outback Bowl, Ole Miss versus Indiana. I'm taking the Hoosiers. They emerged as a decent power in the Big Ten this year. Uh, I think they're going to shut down the lane drain, and they're going to take that win. Yep, this will be a good game for the Big Ten to enjoy a win over an SEC team. Going with the Hoosiers. Our next game, PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, Oregon and Iowa State. I'm taking Iowa State. They have a they have a steady game plan, a balanced attack. They did decent against Oklahoma. They have built a program. They're going to show Oregon that Oregon's not ready yet. Uh, I'm going. I, I'm actually going Oregon. I think uh, you know Iowa State. I think Matt Campbell is going to build that five-star culture, but you know his team still needs and program still needs a little bit more experience playing in the big games. Oregon still has some players who've played in some of these big games. Uh, so I think just overall big game experience. Uh, we're, we're, I'm going Oregon here with the upset over Iowa State. All right. This brings us to our last bowl game. And to me, this is the bowl game that makes the season. This is what's going to be sort of the pivoting off into next year. And that is uh, Kellen Munn's senior season final game, Jimbo Fisher of Texas A&M Aggies versus Mac Brown and the surprising North Carolina Tar Heel. So, Connor. I you know, Jimbo has, he's got a really good bowl record uh, and has done well in Orange Bowls before. And I think the Aggies are going to be on a mission to prove that they got hosed by not being in the playoffs. I'm, I'm picking the Aggies. I see the Aggies coming out angry. I see them coming out mad. But I see also Mac Brown um, wanting to show, especially with that win over Miami, that they're no joke either. So both of these teams are really going to be competing to get up there in the college football playoff uh, next year. So I'm going to take the Aggies, but it's going to be a close game. Yep, that brings us to our last game. We both have Alabama-Clemson in the national championship. How is this college football season going to end, Rutledge? I think this college football season is going to end with one thing this year will finally end and be predictable, and that is Alabama is going to win the national championship. Um Najee Harris looks great. Steve Sarkeesian's offense has so many weapons. They're pushing really, really hard. And uh, the way they handled Florida, they never looked like they lost control of the game. Florida kept trying to battle back, kept trying to do things, and they made opportunities. So I'm going for Alabama. You know, as I've said before, it's very important to be able to win in a variety of ways. And I think that Alabama's close win against Florida uh, it was much more important and impactful for Alabama than had they blown the doors off of Florida. I think that Clemson, I think Clemson, it, this is going to be an absolute knife fight, an all-time classic. I'm really excited uh, for what should be a great national championship game. But I think that because Alabama 
with that late season test by Florida uh, and, and used to being punched in the mouth, if you will, uh, for four quarters, I think that Alabama is going to have uh, just the, the chutzpah, if you will, to finish the season on top. And yes, I did work a little Yiddish into our show tonight. So uh, I think that we're finishing our show on top. I think we're finishing it strong. So um, big shout out to Steven and Luke for playing along. They both took A&M beating North Carolina in the big bowl game at the end of the season. To our viewers out there and anyone watching our podcast, if you want to, um, Connor, where he's going to, take all the bowl records and digest them and then put them on our first show once bowl season is over we're going to share how we did overall if you want to play along with us we'd love for you guys to play take all the bowl games uh, email them to us our email is friendstreamsports at gmail.com that's the word of our twitch channel friendstreamsports all one word at gmail.com give us your bowl picks send them to us we want to read them on the air on our show after bowl season ends in January, once we get a national champion crowned, um, we're one of our New Year's resolutions on this show is to better track our records. So we're going to start in the very big way. How do you feel about your bowl picks, Connor? Well, seeing as I'm 0-2 tonight, not great. But, you know, there's still time to turn it around. What about you, Rutledge? I'm feeling pretty good. We split some key games, even though we picked a lot in common. So uh, it's going to be a close contest, but I'm excited to see what the new year brings us with these new bowl records. We we need to come up with what we're going to who the what the winner's going to get. Maybe maybe a Taco Bell meal. Maybe a Taco Bell meal. Who knows. Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp bet Mountain Dew, so maybe we should bet Taco Bell. That that is a a, a bet of Taco Bell is a pretty fair bet once we get into January. But until then, uh, that's our show for tonight. Thank you for coming out to see us live. Our show can also be found on our YouTube channel and on our podcast seven days a week. We're Friends Stream Sports. I'm Rutledge. I'm Connor. And thanks for coming. Have a great night.